Welcome to episode two of Mitts Off. We are super excited to share this interview with you. Jared McCann, Seattle Kraken Forward, his first time doing any sort of long form conversation. Mitts Off is powered by Sports Interaction, our exclusive betting partner, getting the action all summer long. Make sure you download the app to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Episode two, Mitts Off. When we talked about doing this at the start, there was a small collection, number of guys, I'd say, that I really wanted to get in here. And one of them happened to be a guy I trained at with Biosteel uh, for a number of years. Uh, one of the guys I always looked at, and almost, he was a younger guy, but I almost looked up to him because of how he showed up and trained every single day. Um, Vancouver Canucks draft pick been traded around a couple times, but had an incredible year, 40 rips for the Seattle Kraken last year, Stratford native, and my good friend, Jared McCann's here today. Let's go. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? No, not bad. Thanks for having me. So you're back here in the summer. You do your training. You're in Toronto. Spend some of the time here, but kind of commute back and forth from Stratford? Yep, yep. From Stratford. Uh, me and my fiance have a place outside of London. Um, we got about 50 acres out there, so we just uh, kind of relax when I come home from training during the week and um, just take it easy with Seattle. I'm, I'm stunned. You know, I was stunned on a regular basis covering the team, working in hockey and, and, and being an analyst, I guess flat out. How do you, how are you guys doing it there? What is there a secret sauce here? Is it coaching? Is it, is it, um, you know, systems that allowed you guys to be at the position you were and not just sneak into the playoffs, but you guys came in with a vengeance, man. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. Like we had, we had great coaching. We, we really used our depth very well. We didn't have just one line that was kind of, you know, every single night it had to be the same line. It was all four lines were contributing on a, on a daily basis and every single game. So I, I truly feel that that is what set us apart from a lot of teams was that we were going to come at you in waves. Um, you know, obviously we had, uh, we had a great back end too, right? Like Dunner, Vince Dunn had an amazing year, and um, you know he, he, yeah, holy, he was he was he was great, and um, Schultz, the new acquisition, was awesome for us, and you know uh, Lars, obviously, you know a guy who doesn't get enough credit for the things he does there, right? And blocking shots, um, you know, finishing checks, but he's got an offensive side to him, which is good. So I, I just feel like we have such a deep team and such a, a a good opportunity here to just grow as a team and continue to to become better. Did, did you notice it in the personalities in the dressing room in the sense of kind of what you just said is everyone was kind of a throw off. Everyone was kind of a castaway and everyone's kind of got something to prove, right? Everyone's either been traded a couple times, been thrown out by their first team or even just left exposed to be picked up here. It's essentially like Vegas, a team of guys that nobody, I don't want to say nobody wanted, but yeah. that's the truth. Misfits, right? yeah. Misfits. Do you notice that in the dressing room, those kind of personalities? Do you notice that in the culture? Yeah. Yeah, but it's no, it's not in a bad way, you know. Like, uh, there's obviously some people who would take it differently. Obviously, just like mentally, attitude kind of just not great. So, um, but we have a group of character guys that, you know, learn from one another. And obviously, if one guy's down, we pick him up, right? Because you know, I've been in that position. I've been on the fourth line, been on the third line. You know, I've I've been that guy who plays eight minutes a night, seven minutes a night, and doesn't really, you know, cannot get much going. Right. So um, when you see that we have a group of guys who have been through everything, you really just kind of come together and yeah. it, uh, it came, you know, full circle this year. Like we, 
you know, we were a great team. We beat some of the best teams in the NHL this year too. Obviously, you know, we handed Boston their first loss at home, I think this year, right? And we, after that game, and I even, I think I talked to the coaches about this, just how, you know, that's huge for our confidence. And that's, that's that, that, that win against that Boston game. in yeah. particular. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was it in, in Boston. Oh, yeah. I think we won three, nothing or two, nothing or something like that. But we just, we were good defense. We got great goaltending. Gruby was awesome. And, you know, all of our goalies this year were, were amazing. So we just felt that we had, um, you know, Martin Jones, unbelievable. Yeah. He had a great year for us. And, um, we just felt like we had so much potential, you know, especially after yeah. so much confidence after that game. And, we just kind of carried on. You just said you talked to the coach coaches about that. Like, is that, oh, yeah. is like, that something where there's open communication? I can even think of talking to my head coaches about too much. Yeah. Like hack and Paul and, um, you know, the assistant coaches there and, uh, we just, we have an open door kind of come in and talk if you need something to talk about. And that's something that I never had personally as, as a player. And I, I don't know if you did, but, no, not at all. um, you know, it was, uh, it was great to have that and you know you can you can talk to them but there's a there's a line you know, obviously being a coach right and then being a you know someone to yeah. talk to you know yeah. a, a human being so yeah, exactly. um if you can find that line there that that we have it's it helps a lot so you talked about beating some of the best teams in the year you meet colorado playoffs yeah before you just walked in this door i watched the hit again for me it's completely unnecessary it's completely not a hockey play and this is the thing when I watch it, even in slow-mo, is Kale has two to three seconds to think about what he's going to do, and he still goes through with it anyway, right? And finishes, like, with your head in the glass. Like, you've had some time to kind of sit back and, you know, let's stew on that, let's call it, for a little bit. What do you think? What did you think about that? Oh, I obviously a little late. Um, you know, during the play there, when I had the breakaway, I was at the end of a shift um, on the PK there, and... Um, I shot the puck and, you know, I, the, I watched the puck go to play and then I kind of turned and then it just, you know, yeah, things went a little, yeah. little wonky for me. So, um, you know, I, I don't know him personally. I really don't, um, haven't talked to him or anything like that. He so. didn't reach out or anything no, like that. No. Um, you know, it's, it's playoff hockey. I get it. Um, you know, I'm not going to hold it against anybody or anything like that. Right. And I'm just going to kind of try to move forward and, um, but uh, yeah, it definitely did suck not being able to uh, to be out there with my teammates. I didn't agree with the one game ban for uh, first of all, but I think the hardest part of the whole thing for you was you had to sit back and watch from the stands after you've battled with your team all year, a massive part of their success, and you have to sit and watch the rest of the Colorado series and what the first four games of the Dallas series and you got to sit back and and watch that with an injury but at such a crucial point in the season man emotions yeah it was tough it was I had to sit on the couch for a week straight and just kind of I wasn't really allowed to watch tv for a while there so you know I was just kind of in my own thoughts and and uh just talking to people that kind of thing and it was tough mentally, for sure. Obviously, you know, head injuries are uh, are scary. You know, I, not, you've had concussions. Had couple, yeah. You've had a couple of concussions, so it's it's a little bit scary. But it's um, emotional, man. It, it's very emotional. I like I after after you know being hit, I, I was just like I wasn't crying, but I was just like, what the hell's going on? Oh, like man. I'm just like I was pissed. I was I was just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. But it's like. You know, like, why am I feeling this way? And then my you la- realize my last one in the minors, yeah. I was crying my eyes out too. Yeah. And it's yeah, it, yeah, it's it's scary. Um, but you know, we have we have an amazing 
medical staff in, in Seattle. And, um, you know, I, I did, I took my time with it. I just kind of, and then one day I just felt, I felt great. Yeah. Like I just, I woke up, I felt, you know, back to hundred percent. And then I kind of started working my way back and, but it was very tough to, uh, to watch, um, you know, my teammates who were, were grinding again and not being able to help, but you know, they, they played amazing. They really yeah. did. We had, we had some players come up. Um, Ty Cartier, obviously good Sue, good Sue boy, Sue boy. There good you go. Boy and it's kind of like that next man up yeah. like mentality yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, it's that's like the next guy's going to come in and play yeah. the same way. He's not going to put up as many, maybe as points, yeah. but he's going to bring that same attitude and work yeah. out the crowd. Oh, and he, he did an amazing job for us. He really did. You know, he's another guy who pretty sure he was undrafted in the NHL who was assigning by, by Ron and, um, just came in and, and fit right into our system and, and just, you know, contributed to the team. So it was good to see. And, but yes, it was very tough for me mentally to, uh, to get back. And cause I, I, I missed, you know, I missed being with the guys. It was, it was tough. But. What was the light at the end of the tunnel for you? Was it, was it seeing the guys winning? Yeah, was there that like game seven? Like I was, I was, that's what kept you kind of going. I watched, I watched the game. I probably shouldn't have watched it, but I, I was, I was watching it and, um, I was so happy. Just, just like, like, let's go. You know, I was watching with, um, Burkowski and Andre yeah. and he was hurt obviously with, um, lower body, but, just watching it with him, you know, we, um, the voice says lower body. It's like, we're in the middle of the playoffs yeah, right know, now. I'm some da- I'm yeah. some big media guy here. <laughs> um, but yeah, we watched it together and we were just, both of us were just, we're like, let's go. Like, yeah. let's go. And you just wanted to go back and play. That's you know when you started you? feeling better. Right? Yeah, you just woke I- up the next day. You're like, I feel I good like, now. I, I'm ready to go. I got to get back out here. I got you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know I missed a, missed a couple of games, obviously against Dallas and, um, to kind of get back, I, I felt I felt good. Um, the the first like the first game was just kind of get, getting back into like the motions and stuff like that because I was off for for two two and a half weeks and um, and then you step right back into playoff hockey and it's you know it, did you feel the pace right when you stepped on right because like, I know that series yeah. I I didn't I didn't think I wrote on Twitter but I just remember thinking it was like some of the fastest mm-hmm. north south hockey that I'd seen in a long time yeah. it was like puck battles and tracking was just so like so quick and did you just have like a little step back or did you just jump right into that first game i had a little little bit i felt a little bit slow yeah um you know i was i even watched the video afterwards but i, I didn't look like i was slow i just kind of felt it yeah um but after that game I, I felt great getting back into it you know i felt like i could hit again i felt like you know i didn't want to be a step behind i didn't want to hurt the team right so yeah i was i had to be you know, I had to, I had to go out there and I had to lay the body. I had to, you know, show them that I'm good. Right. So I could keep playing. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it worked out well. You know, I was, you know, I got to contribute a bit. Obviously, you know, they're, they're a deep team and they got, you know, a tough back end, big guys that, that can skate and move. Big and, and mobile. Hey. Yeah. Big and mobile. So, um, you know, they, that, that series against, uh, against Vegas, those two were, you know, they were, they were two big teams. Looking back on you, that's kind of a culmination of, everything you've kind of been through. And I know you come from some humble beginnings in Stratford. And when I look back on, you know, my minor hockey and growing up, my parents were a big inspiration on me. Mm -hmm. I think that's the same thing for a lot of kids growing up. I was going to say in Canada, but any, you know, hockey family growing up, you really lean on your parents a lot. And um, I know something, I know that's something that's close to you and near and dear to your heart. Um, Was that the same situation for you uh, with your parents, particularly your mom? Yep. Um, maybe part of your inspiration or you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Both my parents are very hardworking people. And, um, my dad was in the uh, construction business for a long time in, in Stratford. And, um, you know, he, uh, he worked his way up to, to be the owner of the company. And, um, 
um, yeah, my mom, my mom was, uh, she's an amazing woman. She's, she's had MS, um, since she was uh, 16, I believe. And, um, it was, uh, it was tough as a kid growing up kind of, I didn't know what it was and why, like my mom couldn't do things that other moms could, you know what I mean? So, um, but it was like, she's a warrior. She really is. She's a fighter. And, um, you know, she's somebody that, uh, I look up to when, when it comes to work ethic and trying not to, obviously I catch myself sometimes be like, oh, complaining about little things. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, you know, I have a great opportunity, a great life. Um, when, uh, so when you see, you know, somebody who's battling an illness every day that you catch yourself a little bit more, um, growing up until eventually just like, yeah, I can't do for that. Sure. So, and I know you got, you got a tat on your back. I do. Too, yeah. yeah. It's after my mom. That was the first one I got. She, I was 16 when I got it and, um, yeah, she was, uh, she was pretty happy about it. So it's pretty cool. Oh, she was happy. She didn't yeah, mind no, the ink. I know. I didn't know if she was, <laughs> I didn't really ask my parents if tattoos were okay or not. Okay. I just like kind of just did it and, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't coming from a bad spot. Right. So it's just, um, that yeah. I, uh, I thought it was pretty cool and, um, yeah. So does your mom still watch the games? Do you think of that as kind of an inspiration to you? Are you, are you actively thinking, you know, of her as an inspiration in your daily, you know, in your daily life playing hockey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just like the way you carry yourself, um, the way mentally you act, like kind of just like betray yourself, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, my, my dad is a very, uh, very, you know, straight to the point guy. I mean, he doesn't construction for no filter, for, eh? for 40 years. will do that to you. 50 years. will do that to you. Right. Like just straight to the point. Don't bullshit. Just tell her how it is. Right. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat things. And, um, I felt like that was, you know, that was good for me to, to kind of learn from and, and continue. But my mom, yeah, she, um, she does watch the games a little bit. Um, mostly when we're on the East coast, obviously being out there, the games that start at uh, 10, 10 30 sometimes. So, it's a little tough for her to yeah, stay up. Be a yeah, her curfews, I think, yeah, eleven. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I do think about my mom a lot, a lot. She uh, she's a huge inspiration for me, and um, you know, it's uh, eventually, you know, in, in the NHL, I have a platform now where where I could, you know, potentially do something with with the MS Foundation and and um, go from there. I know in Pittsburgh, um, when I was there, we had uh, we had a really good connection. You know, I leave tickets for them, and and. Um, and you know they would come around and meet. They got to meet my mom too, and, yeah. and kind of hear her story and her experiences. And um, my originally my mom, my mom's adopted. Um, so um, you know, just the, my brother's also adopted. Yeah, so I heard you have an adopt. Your, I do. Your brother's is adopted. Yeah, my brother Justin. Justin is adopted. Um, you know, he's from Guatemala. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, originally um, having MS. Obviously, my mom uh, didn't know if she could, um, you know, have kids or conceive. Right. So. They, uh, they adopted my brother, Justin from Guatemala. And then I think maybe like a year later, she got pregnant with my sister, oh, Jamie. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then four years later, um, I kind of just came, came along. There comes Jared. Yeah. I just, <laughs> That's just awesome. Came out of That's nowhere. so cool. Talk to me about your experience on draft night. Um, end up going to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have that famous interview with Duffy after. Oh, it's so yeah. funny. You must have yeah. had people some reminded me that all the time. Man. <laughs> you must have had some media training after I was done. I did. I did. You just said like, it is what it is. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. That, that phrase might have caught phrase. some, you know, some bounce back from that. But it was just more of the the way I meant it. Obviously, you know, um, obviously it was the wrong phrase <laughs> to choose, but it is what it is. As in, like, you know, I have still have so much work to do. I still yeah. have so much, you know, so much. Uh, 
time that I need to put into the game and, yeah. and to training and everything like that to be able even to play for the for the Canucks. So, um, yeah, for for the people who that obviously I tried to explain myself afterwards, but it uh, didn't really go too well. So I just. You know, I just tried to um, eat that one and, yeah. and try to learn from it and move on, right? And so you prepared like as much as you could that summer. I'm yeah. sure you got uh, got in the best shape possible. You go to Vancouver. You know, you're walking around that dressing room. Sadine twins are there. Pretty intimidating atmosphere, I'm assuming, for a young kid Very. coming out of junior. What yep. was that like? Yeah, so my first year actually for training camp, I ended up getting mono. Oh, no. Yeah, my oh. first, my 18-year-old training camp, um, I uh, had to leave because I, uh, I had mono. Um and didn't really get to do much that year. I went back to junior and um, played uh, played for Kiefer there and in, in, uh, the Sioux. And um, so yeah, the but the year after that, you know, I, I had a great opportunity to meet or to to join the team. And um, you know, we we had Willie Desjardins was a coach there, and I played for him in Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I had Willie there, and um, but yeah, the uh, the atmosphere was definitely very stressful. You know, I'm, I'm a young kid, 19 years old, trying to uh, trying to find my way in the NHL and. Um, you know, having the Sedines there, they were great guys. They were, you know, easy to talk to. Yeah. Very you, quiet. Can you, know? you talk about that some more? Like, yeah. I just can't even imagine. I My first year in the league, I was 23 years old. Yeah. And I can't even imagine I was afraid. Be, yeah, just I was being afraid. that age. I was were you afraid? Yeah. I was afraid. I was terrified to, to go up and, like, to talk, even to talk to them. To ask just any questions or Myself, anything. personally. Yeah, I was just like, I, you know, like, I don't want to step on toes. <laughs> I don't want to, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um but uh, just make sure you're in the meetings on time. Yeah, just and... be in the meetings on time. Like, yeah. So, um, Alex Adler was there too. Like, we had some some very veteran guys. Alex Burrows. Yeah, yeah. Where it was he was awesome. You know, being able to play with him, my first game in Calgary. I, I think I was on the wing with them, uh, with him and um, Brandon Sutter and um, you know Lyndon Vay and a bunch of other guys. I was with Bo. Yeah. So yeah. It was, oh yeah, I guess Bo would Bo, have been a guy that there. you came up with probably, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was great, but you know, learning experience, right? Obviously I learned the business side of the, of the game the next year. So what, I mean, what happens that summer? Like, I just think it's so, it's so rare to see a first rounder, first of all, after his rookie season get traded. Cause you know, it's a, you've said it a couple of times. It's a business. You kind of realize that when it, when a team trades you, it's either, maybe they can't make it work cap wise, but it's essentially like they, they've given up. They've kind of given up on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're so young at the time, that's a learning experience. Is it is a case of, did it just not work out in Van or were, were you not, were you not mentally ready for the NHL at the time? But like, you've had some time to look back on it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I personally think that, you know, I could have used a year in the AHL. I really do. Um, mentally, I think it would have helped me physically would have helped me. I was, I was 172 pounds playing in the NHL as a 19 year old. You know, you get tossed around pretty, pretty Some easy. big D-man Some back then, big hey. D-man, yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, I think Lars, Lars hit me. Um, Adam Larson, when he was playing for Jersey, hit me behind the net. It's probably on YouTube if you can find it. But <laughs> Scott just, just knocked the wind right out of me. I was just dying on the ice. And um, But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm i very thankful for obviously everything that I've been through as a player. Yeah. Um, I think they did give up on me early. I really do. Um, mentally, it, it affected me a lot. Um, I was in a dark place for... Well, you know, it's like as a young player, you just want to play and, and get an opportunity to play in the NHL. It's yeah. a dream, right? And then get traded after your first year of, you know, being, getting a, you know, obviously decent opportunity. So it was, it was tough. So I want to dig into Vancouver a little more here. Uh, when I was doing some research on the interview, there was this clown that played in Utica that I used to 
chase around the ice because he would dodge hits. I would ask him to scrap probably every game, 6'6", but played like he was 5'6". His name was Andre Padan, and he had some quote. And it was on, it said on Jared McCann, he acted as a lonely star. And I just read that and I was just like, first of all, kind of what an idiot. Cause I, I know that's like not you, but I mean, is that a case of, would you chalk something like that up to just you being quiet? Like how was, how was your experience in Vancouver as a rookie and like probably not having a lot of guys your age around there uh, yeah. and like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't really know, um, Andre Padan that much, but, um, you know, when, when I was in Vancouver, like I, like I said before, I was, you know, 19, 18 years old and just scared, you know, didn't want to, didn't want to step on any toes, didn't want to talk to anybody because I was nervous. Yeah. It's not that, you know, it's not that I'm trying to make myself better than anybody else. I'm just like, I don't have anything to say. And, you know, if, if you want to come up and talk to me, like we could have a conversation for sure. But like I, as a young player, like I'm, I'm still trying to get to know everybody and, figure out like where my place is right like that's that's how it was and uh, maybe it was taken in the wrong context I'm, I'm not sure but um you know I just just you know kind of mentally tried not to focus on it too much but it, obviously it did yeah it did affect me a little bit because I was asked about it in the media quite a quite a few times and um just you know I've I've had to defend myself quite a few times yeah. but I'm really just quiet when it yeah. comes to that stuff right especially as a 19 year old I can see how that can be taken you know yeah. a, a different way and you know, you mentioned going into dark place. Mm-hmm. And so I think when every hockey player hears dark place, where I, what I attribute that to is kind of loneliness. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I think of darkness, like when I think of times in the minors, I think of Stockton, Albany, places where Springfield, where yeah. you go down and maybe your head's not in the best place, but it's a tough question. Can you, can you take me to that dark place? And like, what, like what, what were you feeling? What were you going through there? Oh, well, just miserable like to to my family to you know my friends I didn't want to talk to anybody it was it was more of just kind of isolating myself you know and just like trying to hide from the hide from the world that kind of thing right because you don't want to you don't want to get you know pointed out you don't want to you just want to kind of hide and um I, I felt like you know a lot of people have been through that and go through it and they're still going through it nowadays days and sorry and you know it's uh it's a tough place to get out of. That's, that's why like when, you know, when I got to, when I got to Pittsburgh, you know, I had guys like, like Jeff Carter and, and Patrick Marlowe and guys who just kind of like would just ask me about other things. Not even just hockey. Like I don't want to talk about hockey all the time. Obviously, make you right? feel a little yeah. more comfortable. Yeah, like as a human being, right? Like go out of their way to, to sit down with me, have a beer. You know, what's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it means, you it means to, the world. It right? does. It really does. Like I, you know, I, and that's something that I feel like I've really learned from that, you know, I want to bring that into my game moving forward as a, as an older player, I guess now that I'm getting old, but, um, just, just try to, uh, just try to, you know, go out there and help your teammates, you know, don't yeah. just make it about you. Just, you know, go out there and is he okay? Like, yeah. Do you if, see yourself? If he's not, then let's go, you know, let's go have, let's go hit the driving range. Let's yeah. Go oh, that's cool. Do, do you something. Have, when you look at a guy's hockey DB, I just see, I don't want to call them red flags, but yeah. when I see you full year Vancouver, yeah. start the next year in Florida, I think yep. you played 26, 29 games. Yep. 
Then you go to Springy. <laughs> yeah, Springy. I've done three and threes in Springy. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about top, maybe top five worst places to play in pro <laughs> hockey. I, I don't know if it's actually that bad, but yeah. when I look at a 40 game stretch in Springfield after a year removed from playing in the NHL, mm -hmm. that's what I call dark times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's sure. what I call when I would look back in my career. That's like, that's a real adjustment. And I'm sure it was for you going from flying a charter plane to eating cold chicken parm on the bus in a three and three right yeah subway so it's subway, live, live off of subway. Yeah. it must have been an adjustment for you it was definitely definitely it was definitely very very humbling um you know you go from having the top you know being on an amazing team to to going down the miners riding the bus for for nine hours and um but it was kind of similar in the Sioux, the bus bus ride so that wasn't i wasn't too um taken back you're by used that. to it but, eh? yeah no so i uh Oh, springy. It was, it was great. I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time there, man. I really did. If you it really, was one of the best things that like to ever happen to me was going down the minors. Really? I played 20 minutes a night for Jordy Kinnear. Yeah. Just got my, got my game back. You know, I had a four goal game at the end of the season and I just, uh, so you soaked I in the experience. My swagger, so yeah. you, you were you were like accepting of the challenge and of the experience. Cause you just, how yeah. many guys have you seen? How many guys have I seen that? get sent down and it's just, they're just pissed. Yeah, it's, pissed. it's pout. It's get me out of this organization instead of just putting your work hat on and yeah. like just showing up. You yeah, know? no, I was, I was pissed for sure. Like I was, I was upset, but I didn't want to show it. I just wanted to, like you said, put your work hat on, just, just learn, go down there, work hard, do, you know, my first couple games in the minors. Um, I think I was scratched for like 15 games or 10 games in Florida. So I hadn't played an actual game in, yeah like three weeks, three, four weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. But, um, so when I got which down, which doesn't minors, sound a lot, but like it, a lot, yeah. man, but you're talking about, you can get bag skated as much as you want. Oh, yes. That, that, that game shape is a completely different thing. Completely different. And the physicality thing. of it in yeah. general too, right? The, the speed, everything. Um, so when I got down the minors, I, I didn't start off great. Um, points wise, I wasn't doing too good, but, uh, you know, Jordy kept sticking with me, kept, kept putting me out there, penalty, power play, penalty kill, everything. I was playing everything. And my confidence just kept growing and growing and growing. You know, I had a hat trick. I had a four goal game. I, I just continued to, to get better. So, um, you know, I, there's so many people I have like to thank for, for the experiences that I went through. Yeah. Was it coaching? Was, Did you have some veteran players that maybe you look back on and yeah, maybe people you leaned on? Uh, Florida had a pretty young team when I was there. Um, not many older older yeah. players like I, had, I put Sean Thornton on a line with him and I fought 30 yeah he's oh, yeah he's gosh. a tough guy you know yeah, my, I heard he's the man though oh he's great he was awesome and I enjoyed my time with him and um, really good guy to talk to too about that kind of stuff right so but uh, yeah mo uh, players wise like I've played got to play with Yogs um you know, it was pretty what was amazing. That, what was that like? <laughs> it was he good. was in Dallas for training good. camp with me. I remember he had the skate weights. Yep. Yeah, the um, best. And I and best I don't know one. if you've heard something similar, but I heard Yogs uh, had an extra key for the practice rink or whatever from yeah. the equipment guys. Yeah. So he would go into the rink at like midnight and stuff like that. Did you ever see anything like that? Yeah. No, I, I wasn't there at midnight, obviously. So yeah, I don't exactly. know if he was there, but, um, you know, Tommy Powers and um, he, was, he was our trainer there at the time. Him, they did a lot of work together. So, um, but Yogs had... Uh, Yogs had two stalls in the corner. Um, everybody usually has one, right? So he had two stalls in the corner, and I was the guy on the beside the second stall. Um, so it was pr pretty cool. He had like his game gear. I think he had his practice gear there, but uh, and all his weight vests and his he carried a carried a big. Uh, I tr I was terrified again. <laughs> Same. Still uh, again, yeah, yeah. Like I was, you know, twenty years old now, and then, um, yeah, it was it was 
very terrifying. Well, my, I guess my question was going to be like, well, at what age did you stop being terrified? But then you get traded to Pitt, <laughs> yeah. and I would be even more scared <laughs> oh, yeah. going into that locker room. It just kind of ramped up. It right? just Every team I went to, it just ramped up. Like, just, you know, I don't know. Do, do I talk to him? Do I not talk to him? Yeah. I, what I, was? Oh, Pittsburgh was the one where you got traded and you were on like – like you barely made the game, right? Yeah. Can you tell tell me about that? I think that's the one where you got there like after warm up or something like that. Yeah. So um, the guy I got traded with Nick Bukestead, yeah. he actually told me that I was traded. Um, <laughs> Wait, he physically told you? Yeah. So I was just coming home. We were playing Nashville that night. I was just coming home from uh, from morning skate, and um, I was with my yeah, my girlfriend at the time. We were just kind of hanging on the couch, and I was about to go down for nap because um, I was playing, and then uh, Bukestead called me. Um, he's like, Hey, do you want me to grab your gear? So I'm like, uh, like what, why do I need my gear? Like, he's like, have they not called you yet? Uh, uh, no, uh, no, sorry. So, um, ended up finding out afterward that what was the next call. Who's the, who's, uh, Eric Joyce. I I believe he was the assistant GM in Florida at the time. And, uh, he gave me a call and told me the whole situation. That's just great communication though. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't know if the phone number got mixed up or something like that, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely very, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say concerning, but I was just like, oh, okay. It's like yeah. kind of a weird way to find out, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and it happens a lot. I hear nowadays with players, is Crazy. they find out through social media that they're being traded. Oh, we just had Brownie on for uh, the last episode. He got found out at a wedding in the summer at like yeah. midnight that he was getting traded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess that's the way you find out nowadays. Uh, you get to step into a locker room with my, per, my personal favorite player, of all time. Like I, I kind of grew up in my teens as soon as Sid was coming into the league. And I heard a great story. I, I, I played a bit with James Neal and when he got traded to Pitt, I remember seeing him in the summer and I asked him about playing with Sid and he said he didn't like playing with Sid because anytime he like didn't make a player or made a mistake, like he'd come back and try to apologize and Sid'd be like, don't, don't apologize. Just do it right. Like do it, like do the right thing. You know, yeah. like there was no margin for error. He just expected so much from you. Yeah. Did you feel any pressure like that on the ice or off the ice? Even not, maybe not even playing on his line, but just being on the bench with him. There was a great mic'd up clip where he's just like, he's like, he leans over to you. He's like, you don't worry. You can carry the pill all the way up. Like carry the mail all the way up, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, did you feel pressure playing with him or, or that you had to be up to a certain standard? Yeah. On myself though. Like it wasn't from coming from him Interesting. at all. It was, it was more myself. Like I, I want to stay playing with Sidney Crosby yeah. you know what I mean so it was it was more myself putting pressure on me every single game to just you know make the right play um don't turn the puck over and find Sid that yeah. was in my head the whole time Were you, you're Sid. literally thinking that like find Sid yeah because it's you know he's obviously you know the best player yeah one of the best players to ever play the game so um you know, obviously want to find the good players and um I learned pretty quickly that just to kind of like try to calm down and you know play my game because my game like I'm a shooter yeah. You know, and he's a, an amazing passer. So our games kind of clicked pretty, pretty quickly. And obviously having Jake Getzel on the other side too was yeah, it's not, bad. not bad at all. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Jake and is a very underrated player. And um, yeah, I was just thinking of two way, two way player, man. He's a very he underrated, all, hey? he can do it all. He blocks shots. He's, he's physical. You know, he, he's uh he's a very valuable team. I, th- uh, I think about Jeff Carter too. And I heard you yeah. were you a Kings fan growing up? Is that huge a huge Kings thing? fan? Well, yeah, LA. I, I don't know. My mom, my mom and dad got me this uh, this Kings jersey um, 
forever. I thought it was the coolest thing. It was the black one with the silver. Yeah. Uh, the silver Kings logo. Did it have one on the back or was it blank or just like a... I think it was blank, but I don't know if we ended up getting like a Wayne Gretzky 99 yeah. put on there or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, that's where, it, that's where it started. I got a jersey and um, you know, there was a couple of photos of me when I was a kid wearing it. And it was just, yeah, Jeff Carter. He was So was now awesome. you're playing with him, Yeah, right? a And... Yeah. Like I, it's just another vet that I've never played with, but man, we've watched him play world juniors and like, he, he's an absolute legend winning cups. Um, what's an experience like playing with a guy like that? It was, it was awesome. He, uh, he was one of the few guys that I've played with, um, older guys that I've played with that would like constantly just talk to you and like, not even, not even about hockey, just kind of like shoot the shit and, and just kind of take your mind away from the game sometimes and yeah. what I needed personally. So to have him, you know, as a line mate and as a teammate has been great. It was like it was, someone was awesome. you could lean on, like someone lean. I could lean on. And yeah. I learned from him how to be, if, you know, hopefully I become one of those players and one of those guys in the league that has been around for a long time. Like if I ever get to play with a young guy, I want to act exactly like Jeff Carter acted to me. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's lessons like that. It's lessons like that, that you take from guys like Sid and, um, and, uh, and Jeff and just kind of, you know, try to put it into a game where I want this kid to be feel comfortable. Well, there was a quote that you had, I think, I don't know if it was bubble year or something. You literally asked him, how do I produce in the playoffs? Do you remember that? Or something like that, that you went to him and asked? I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I asked him. I just, you know, I had been playing, I think I had four or five playoff games, but, I had a lot of chances, a lot of like, I was hitting the post. I was, you know, you know, goalie was making great saves or like the plays weren't just, weren't just coming for me. So I asked him, I was just like, what, what do I got to do to, yeah. Yeah. Like what do what I got to do response? to help the team? Just like relax, just, just relax. Okay. Just, play. just calm down. Man. <laughs> yeah. Spoken like a guy who's already won cuffs. Right? Exactly. So it's, it's like, I know I'm just trying to, I'm a pretty like high strung guy. Right. Sometimes, especially yeah. during hockey. And, um, you know, I just tried to try to learn to just kind of calm down and, do you have methods or like modalities that you revert back to, to kind of calm down? Like, look, dude, I, I could, I never figured it out. Honestly, getting jacked up before games and being nervous. I also had to scrap guys that were yeah, six, four, exactly. 250 every other night. Uh, I was nervous for those ones, but to be honest, I never, I never found a proven method for me that worked to just to calm down. And mm. like you say, relax, like yeah. people would be like, relax. I'm like, dude, if I turn this puck over, I'm never going to play again. Like, yeah, exactly. How did you, did it, how did you get past that to just be able to just kind of calm down and see the game? Yeah. Well, for the first, you know, four or five years of my career, that was, you know, you turn the puck over and they score, like you're not playing the rest Done. of the night. Right? <laughs> so that's just the way it is. But I found my first year, sec, probably second year in Pittsburgh, um, that if I just kind of, not like take my mind away from the game, but just like kind of like just look around and just, you know, see what's around, like reading the stands, stuff like that. Just look and try to take a deep breath just and then zone back in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would come back and be like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Good. I'm good. Heart rate's down. Like I, I feel good. I just got chills a little yeah. bit. I want to be you back in the game. Because yeah. like I've, I'm not going to, you know, bullshit or anything here. Like when I was early in my career and you weren't playing much, right? Like, you kind of lose interest in the game. And, um, you know, it was, it was one thing that I, I just realized it was like when I was, you know, with Florida or with, with Van and I wasn't playing much or, or things weren't really going my way, I would just kind of, you know, just like grip my stick and just kind of like slam the bench. And I still do that sometimes, but I, I catch myself a little bit more. Um, but to, uh, now I just try to focus on, you know, 
what I can control and just look around the stands for a bit. Just, you know, think of a song, think of something else that just kind of gets your mind off of it and then bring yourself back. It's like that idea of control what you can control for me pissed me off because oh, I heard time. it more than anything in the <laughs> world, right? Like yeah. every single coach would be like, control what you control. And then I got older and I kind of realized what the phrase meant. Yeah. It's just like, you can't, the only thing you can, tr- can control is yourself yeah. and like your, the effort you bring every day, the exactly. person you are, the teammate you are, everything else will, will follow, yeah. right? Yeah. The, for you, the goals, the, the assist, the stats, they'll follow. Mm-hmm. But I would just hear control what you can control and just be like, shut up. Dude. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm sick of hearing that, but it's right. You get older, you mature. And yeah. then you kind of realize, you know, just calm down a bit yeah. and th- things will fall into place. And I think f- for me, this is where you started to come in as a player, right? Where in pit, you're like starting to get, you're starting to get really going. And you're like, I kind of get this league now. Like I understand what I have to do to be successful. And then you get traded to Toronto, buddy. Yeah. Did, like, I know you said you were a Kings fan growing up, but yeah. did you like the Leafs? Like, was this like a, dr- a dream of yours at some point? Like, I want to play for the blue and white? I, I think it's, yeah, for the most people that come from Ontario, like yeah. being a Leaf would be awesome, right? Like, I, um, but uh, yeah, it just kind of happened really weird. The whole situation, obviously the expansion draft. Um, I was actually at the cottage with, at my buddy's cottage in Grand Bend. Um, we were just hanging out on the beach and, um, I got, uh, I got the phone call from, um, Hextall from Pittsburgh there. Yeah. He was the GM and, um, just telling me that, uh, you know, they weren't going to protect me in the expansion draft and that they just wanted to get a pick. Okay. So, um, obviously another business, right? Like that's just the way it goes. Um, didn't take it personally and just, and then Kyle called me Dubas. So that's the next call. Dubis? Yeah. Yeah. Next, uh, Kyle was the next call and, um, <laughs> it was, I was like relieved. I was like, oh, he's, you know, they're going to protect me. And then he called me. And it was just kind of a mixed emotion kind of ride, right? Like, can you tell me what he said? Like, yeah, you- I just, hey, Jared, you know, how's things going? We talked for a little bit, you know, shoot the shit. And then um, just kind of went back to hockey. Obviously, it's a, it's a weird time. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we're going to um, leave you exposed. Oh, so he told you that? Yeah, he, told, he, he actually told me, so, um, which was, I thought was awesome. Oh, you know see, I mean? see, I guess this is kind of, kind of the thing from the outside was like, I, I wasn't completely sure if, if you knew, like, if you weren't sure, like, hey, I might be staying here, you're going, but you knew right away that you were on the move. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, just kind of like mixed emotions. I was like, oh, like, you know, you traded for me, but leave me exposed, that kind of thing, yeah. right? Um, so when they, uh, yeah, when he told me he was exposed, I, I thought that was really, you know, great of him to at least tell me like, okay, we could be in Toronto or we could be in Seattle. Yeah, you know, at, at least, least some transparency, at least there's some transparency there. right? Like, and um, you know, Sheldon actually ended up calling me too, and um, the, um, Toronto's coach there. So, yeah, you know, we talked for a little bit, and it was just a very stressful day. I heard you take uh, cold plunges, ice yeah. baths for the game. Yeah, I do. It's, are are yeah. you? A, is that part of your superstition? Like, like me, I was. I, I don't know. If, if you had guys that play with me, they'd probably say I was the most superstitious guy you've ever seen. But it was, for me, it was just routine. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I, I just, like, I like doing things. Once I got to the rink, I, like, you know, had my little banana and peanut butter sandwich. And then, like, I went and rolled out. Like, guys would see me at the same place. If it was 535, they knew where I was, right? Um, but everyone's different. What, were you, did that start at home? Like, tell me about your, like, your superstition. Yeah, like, where does the line start? Like, obviously, you like, <laughs> were superstitious in exactly. that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've played with guys who are, like, with their warm-ups and their... Uh, Can you think of anyone off the top oh, of your yeah. head? I hope he's okay with me telling this. He will be. He's, he's an awesome guy. Uh, Ryan Donato. Oh, is he? He, uh, he's, 
I guess would say with the most superstitious player I've ever played with by far. And, um, you know, his warm up is, is a full blown two and a half hours in the gym, like war, like, yeah. um, that was stretching. My, you Theragun. So for me, you don't yeah. even have to explain cause that was Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like there at four o'clock yeah. and had his exact design sticks, everything sticks, sticks yeah. ready to go everything. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to explain to me, but yeah, keep going a bit about that yeah. kind of routine. Donnie would, uh, Theragun, you know, the Theraguns, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. He would literally do his entire body, put his legs up on the wall and then he would do his temple. Have you ever seen the Theragun on the temple? Yeah. No, which it's was, getting, it's getting too far now. Yeah, it's just no, getting I, too out of control. I, I thought it was pretty funny, but, um, man, you know, I missed the days of springy three and three and springy one o'clock game, get off the bus, Snickers and a coffee. And like, <laughs> let's just get, get let's get going. Let's, yeah. let's just grind through this. Now guys are, you know, Theragunning their temple, but yeah. when uh, I was 19, um, just, I could step on the ice and just play, right? Like oh, yeah. you didn't have to stretch, didn't have to, but now as you get older, you need to, to warm up a bit. So I started, um, I started yeah. uh, cold tubbing before games and I would, uh, I would do a cold plunge just kind of not extended. So just in and out, uh, I would go in and I'd probably sit in there for like maybe 30 seconds, 10, oh, wow. yeah, 15, 30 seconds. And, um, yeah, Patrick Marlowe used to do that. And did you get it from him? Uh, or just something I think you just picked I up? did it at the same time. I did it at different times than he did, but, um, yeah, I would just hop in there and, um, yeah, he had a pretty crazy uh, warm up. This is how I feel the difference between superstition is routine and routine is like, if you didn't do that stuff, would it mess up the way you played? Would you yeah. be like, Oh, I didn't get my cold plunge in. Like I'm going to play crap now. No. See, that's no. just routine for me. Then, yeah, Cause it's no. like, if I don't do it, it's like, you know, if I put my left shin pad on first instead of my right, then I wouldn't be thinking I'm going to play like crap, but some guys it's just, do you have things that you much. don't even think about then? Like, you know what I mean? That you're just like naturally. Do oh, hundred percent. I take the same route to games. Yeah, like yeah. Tape, tape your sticks the same way, yeah, but I just found it so interesting. It's something I always love to talk about. So I, I appreciate you giving us some insight on that. For me, I was telling Darren, our producer this before you got in. So when you train with Maddie Nichol, he provides you not only with the on ice and the off ice, but with so many other resources. You know what yep. I mean? Whether it's Pilates or ho boxing with yep. Jorge. Oh, and, yeah. Um, the beach volleyball and, you know, being in the pool. And you were always one of those guys who you tried everything, right? I, I you know, you'd be done your workout when I was coming in and I'd say, how was the workout, bud? You, Good, I'm going over to Legree now, right? To, yeah. do, to do this. And um, I, I kind of always looked at that. And like I said earlier, like I looked up to that, I look up to work ethic. So it doesn't matter if you're seven years younger than me. I think that's what it is. It's like, man, this kid's working. I got to work too. And, um, you pushed everybody else and, and I, re I respect the heck out of that. So best of luck to you next year. Um, nothing, nothing but the best. Let's, uh, you think 50 reps in the works or what? <laughs> I'm trying, you know, so I'm back with Maddie now. So I'm trying to get to 50. There you go. And then, uh, all, all the best for you and the Kraken, man. Like I said, Edmonton looks good. Vegas is good, but I think we could see a Stanley cup appearance here. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I, like I said, we have, you know, not just one player. We got, we got a bunch of guys who are committed to, to being a team. And, um, you know, you saw it last year. So, you know, ne uh, next season we have a standard now, right. With our team and the way you play. So. Um, I feel like next year is going to be a, a, a good step for us. Obviously, you know, people are going to be doubting us again, but, you know, we loved it. We got doubted this year, too. I don't think anybody had us to make the playoffs. Yeah, I just Everyone just kept writing you off all, all year, a, man. That's okay. It's, it's Hide, unbelievable. Hiding the weeds. You had a smile from ear to ear on your face right now. Looking I like back. hiding it, the weeds. Exactly. That's unreal. Well, good luck. All the best next year, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank good you. Man. Appreciate you.